Hey Jeff. Hey Eric. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Jeff, let's get a weather check. Oh, is it that time again? Yes. It's uh, weather on the ones? It's eight, eight after. Oh, <laughs> late. Weather on the eights. Yeah. It's, uh, I think it's raining. Does it matter? No. <laughs> yeah. Haven't gone outside. Maybe it's raining, maybe it's not. Not going to go outside, doesn't matter. Um, how are you? I'm pretty good. Going to be honest, a little bit of a weird weekend. A little bit of a weird weekend. A weird what? A, a weird weekend. <laughs> it's a weird weekend. Yeah, it's it's all that. Yeah. It's a, it was a weird weekend. It was uh, Easter Sunday. We... We had two days off, which was like wild. Yes, because we've been working every day since this started, maybe yep. before this started. But we got so bored, or at least I did, yeah. that our brother Dan and I had a battle the way that GG Premier and Riza had a battle, or... <laughs> yeah, a Jonte Austin and, and Neo, yeah. or Swiss Beats and Timbaland. Yeah, just like all these big names had battles. Yeah, you battled Dan. I battled Dan. He was using the production of Jazzy Faye. Yeah. And I was countering him with songs by Cool and Dre. Okay, so uh, Dan was playing songs by yeah. Jazzy Faye. You were playing songs by Cool and Dre. On FaceTime. On FaceTime. So, yeah. you so nobody could even see. You didn't share with anybody. No. And uh, who judged it? You. Okay, great. So yeah. um, it was From six feet away. It was just the two of you. Yeah. And then me. Mm-hmm. No one else. No, but the internet loved it. I, I tweeted about it. I know I you did. Like, this is crazy. And when you tweeted about it, Jamal Jamo FaceTimed me. <laughs> yeah. Because he felt he was missing out. Which he was. And so then I caught him up by mm-hmm. moving the phone over. Yeah. Uh, how how was the battle, Jeff? <laughs> it was crazy. How was the sound? Yeah. Sound. The sound was actually really <laughs> good. Top notch. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, I think you're not asking the real questions, which were, what was I wearing? Oh. What were, you, what were you wearing, Jeff? I was wearing a leather vest <laughs> and leather gloves because I was dressed for battle. Sunglasses? Uh, black sunglasses. Yeah, yeah, sure. Ready for war. Um, you had Cool and Dre. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan had Jazzy Faye. Mm-hmm. I called it for you. Yes. I you. called it for Cool and Dre. Thank, well, I mean, <laughs> there was a strategy there, and I feel like you're discounting that. I, I think that you, uh, you, you chose the perfect um, list of songs yeah, thank you i think you chose the perfect order of yeah, the songs so these are all things that i did right yeah cool and dre did i probably the least <laughs> amount of work but I, I do want to shout out dan because he had a uh, a very very good set list mm-hmm. and a good order and and a good you know way to go about things yep he ended with murphy lee but it's yeah but it's hard to beat the five songs that you chose mm-hmm. on behalf of cool and dre but I want to listen. It's for the culture. I want to salute. The culture. I want to salute bo- both of you. Yeah. For what you did, Jeff. Speaking of culture, mm-hmm. who's on the podcast today? We have Fabulous. Fabulous, who we've been trying to get on the podcast for a long time. Well, to the point that Fab came up to us at Barclays, Barclays yeah. and was like, "Yo, when am I getting on the podcast?" And we were like, "I don't know, man." Yeah. Like, L- let's make it happen. Yeah. And then we had to make it a 20 minute conversation via on the phone yeah, the during phone. quarantine but, but you know, it's fine it's great it's a great conversation uh maybe we'll do it again with him yeah. uh we are there's looking no forward. rules we are yeah. looking forward to sitting down with him for a long podcast great conversation with fab yes and we got tanisha scott on Tan- the podcast another person that we've been trying to get on the podcast this is this one is like a dream actually yeah thing about all three people yep yeah, we've been these trying. are all people that we've been like working on getting. Tanisha so. Scott, the legendary choreographer, dancer. She's worked with everyone from Sean Paul to Drake and everyone in between. Yep. And she's just an amazing, amazing soul. And I'm so glad that we got this phone conversation. Yes. And, and then, then we had Jerry Lorenzo. Jerry Lorenzo, Fear of God, the the big time, big time clothing designer out there in Los Angeles, California. Mm-hmm. We were supposed to be in L.A. for a month straight. Yeah, right now. We were. Yeah, we were going to get a lot of stuff done out there. 
it was going to be basically three and a half weeks out there, just like killer interviews. And Jerry was going to be one of them. This is a great conversation with him about creatives and creativity and and moods and and what comes out of all of this. Yeah, but I'm Jeff, gonna be honest. Yeah, we uh, we you know every every episode I'm just like oh like I really like this one the best. Yeah, I think this one is my favorite. This is this is a great full spectrum. Yeah, with three awesome creatives and us. Yeah, <laughs> Jeff, let's get on the phone. Wait before that. Yeah. We should just say, if you want to support us, because we're putting out new episodes every single day, and yep. we're doing this for you for yep. free, yep. maybe uh, it doesn't have to be for free. Maybe you can go to patreon.com slash it's the real. Yeah. Help our, help, help our cause out. Yeah. You can give as little as like $2 or $3. There are people who have given more, like $10 and even more. We're that, so close to our 100th contributor. That would be fantastic. Shout out to everybody who has been part of this movement. It means the world to us. Thank you for you know riding along with us i know you probably didn't anticipate us doing a daily podcast neither did we but here we are yeah and here you are patreon.com slash it's the real thank you to all the contributors yes i'd shout you out by name but my phone is currently filming us we're on youtube.com slash it's the real jeff yeah. now let's call fabulous fab what up what's good my guys what's going on what's happening how are you um, I'm good. I'm um, actually just chilling and, and, and yeah, and just chilling. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's all you can that's do. That's all you can do. Fab, we saw you the other day yeah. say on Twitter, you really missed getting dressed up. Um, you have so many outfits. You have killed... No, I didn't say dressed up. I said getting dressed. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I miss getting dressed. It's like the actual bullshit of going to your closet, picking out your shoes and your outfit and actually just get dressed. That's so, not dressed up. Not like <laughs> going to uh, uh, Rihanna's ball no. or like, you know, going to the Grammys or like, you know, I'm talking about like literally getting, you know, matching your your, your sneakers with your outfit no for, for sure because for the last couple of years you've been killing instagram with all of these like thematic choices you've been pulling out like throwbacks that haven't been worn like forever there have been like amazing amazing uh instagram moments uh, moments yeah you have uh, yeah I've, I've had my instagram model you know, yeah. job. I, I, I fulfill my, my duties as an Instagram model. Here's something uh, we've been curious for for a long time. Uh, when Jay said that throwbacks were done and we were just going to do like button ups, were you like, mm -hmm. were you like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I have a whole closet. I have closets. Uh, I mean, no, I I, I, get, I got weird what it meant for um, Jay. Yeah, but like you know, you you have a you have... Turn, it, turn it down. Sorry, I I got a four year old. In <laughs> turn it down. Um, yeah, I get what it meant for Jay, you know, and 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 Jay has always been, you know, somebody who has been innovative and somebody who when he he moved forward and saw the thing, he you know shares shares it with the world. You know what I'm saying? So for me, you know, I I I took that message like, okay, Jay's over wearing. Um, uh, throwbacks, but um, I think even too for the for the rest of the world, you know, what I mean, people still gonna wear what they like, what 
they find cool. Um, I did think that after a while it did get saturated to a point, but mm. that's just like everything. Like you know, hip hop kind of does that to you know trends or whatever is cool at the moment. So um, you know, with Jay doing it, I got why he do, did it. But you know, what I mean, it's still the rest of the world. Everybody's not Jay Z. You know yeah, everybody's not Jay Z. That's very true. I um so. Yeah. Everybody obviously is under quarantine don't right that, now. Don't, don't make that the title of this. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just going to make like, t-shirts. <laughs> yeah. Fab says everybody's not like Jay-Z. <laughs> yeah. yo, yo, the real interviews, Fab, and, 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 and the headline is everybody's not Jay-Z. Never that. <laughs> Never that. Um, right. So everybody is under quarantine right now. Um, there were a bunch of like tweets flying around in the very beginning of it that was like oh i can't wait for rappers to start rapping about coronavirus and my feeling was that if you were near a studio you would be the first one to put coronavirus in a rhyme do you think that that do you feel the same way i do feel the same way because i think it, uh, one thing about talking rapping and expressing yourself is you know speaking on what you've gone through and what you know is relatable to people and coronavirus and quarantine is definitely relatable right now um there's certain people who make music in that in that lane and then there's certain people who just make you know they'll be in quarantine and they'll be making music about going to the club and shit like that you know what i mean where you know sometimes people do want to hear that some people want to hear what's going on some people want to lose their self in music so i don't think it's wrong or right i think like you said i would have been one of the guys that would have you know been able to try to find a creative way or funny way to, you know, um, you know, put it in a rap and, and, and people to enjoy it. You know what I'm saying? So I, I definitely had my share of um, social moments or social events and, and current events that I put in rap. So I, I know where I get that rap from. I don't put everything as much now. You know what I really, when I really use it as, use it more as in like freestyle because, mm. I feel like those are, you know, at the time kind of like current, you know, like, you know, you speaking in that, in that time. For yeah. sure. When you're making songs sometime, it could come out three, four months later and then it's the coronavirus bar next year might not be as yeah. you know, relevant. Because then you're, then you're like, well, you know, what's a BBM pose? <laughs> you know, like. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it, 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 it relates just like that. Fab, uh, growing up, you were an excellent artist, uh, not just in the musical sense, but you could really draw. Um, do you see yeah. that in, in your children now? And, and what else do you recognize like from you in them? Um, I see my four-year-old drawing. I see him getting engaged in that. Um, I don't know if I, I can't. I don't have a good memory of when I was four years old, so I can't remember <laughs> if I was really drawn when I was little. But you're going to make me ask my mom. But um, I think I see a lot of things that they do, but of course now they have a lot more technology. So, you know, the iPads and, you know, all of the apps and stuff is stuff that they're, they're swinging through. But my 12-year-old, I got a four-year-old and a 12-year-old, and my 12-year-old, he's into video games like I was when he was young. Um, but on the art side, I, I see my four-year-old tapping into art more than I see my 12-year-old. And I think when you have um, more than one kid, you see different things that one picks up on and stuff that one, the other picks up on. And I think, um, you know, that's what makes them unique, you know what I mean? And I think now, I'll, I'll, as as being a dad and with kids, I would push them. Whatever they, I, I, I don't want to 
give them a profession. I think like back in the days, people, parents used to be like, you know, you're going to be a doctor or you're going to be a lawyer or, you know, and, and that's what they kind of pushed you or pushed you to be or instilled in you to be. But I think now you can, you know, let kids like see what they like, see what they want to be if they have that opportunity and, and chase after that and you push, push them forward to that or give them as many opportunities as you can to let them be what they want to be. Yeah. Um, I saw you uh, talking to Elliot the other day on uh, their live stream, and you were talking about how you were starting to learn how to engineer at home for the first time, like, ever. So I want to know, what's the hardest thing about learning to engineer uh, 20-some-odd years into a career? Um, Truthfully, for me, I mean, the technical part was a little tricky because you just got to get comfortable there, but the, the real comfort issue with me was like having the cadence of, you know, recording yourself, but then still being your 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 cadence of the way you rap yeah. and still, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. just, it's, just a, it's just that combination that's just like throwing me off a little bit. And I just, you know, I just keep practicing at it to get comfortable. I know over time, and like anything, you need to practice it and, and do it over and over, you get a little better at it. Is there any and, chance um, that you'll get your 12-year-old or your 4-year-old maybe to engineer for you? Yeah, press the space bar. Yeah. Definitely not the 4-year-old. <laughs> Definitely not the 4-year-old. <laughs> I would love to, I would love, you know, even after I learn it and get it, I'm not even, I'm not even skilled enough to teach somebody. It would be like a blind leader to blind. <laughs> so I would, I would wait till I get get it down packed a little bit more and then try to get like my um my 12 year old I, I don't think it's that hard for him and plus he's he he catches on the technology really fast so like you know what i mean if i if i if you show him the ropes i believe he could catch on to it um fab you know how close we are with the locks we've been up to d block studios the old d block studios that they just closed down like a couple mm-hmm. months ago so many times and oh wow i didn't even know they closed that one yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. moving to a new place and uh our favorite thing about it is how like uh, unassuming it is. Yeah, it's it's like this like um, warehouse amongst warehouses, and you have to walk up three flights, and it's next to all these like yeah. woodworking did shops. Fire, did they have a fire there? No, not that not that we knew. They had a ghost, but oh, um, <laughs> and so we uh we we always found it so funny, and so we would ask them. We were like, yo. What do like you know rappers who come up here to collaborate think? And they said like, you know Ross would show up fine, you would show up fine. There have been people who like thought it was the wrong place, like walked up and were like, no, I, you know they're playing a joke on me, something. What was your experience yeah. when you first went over there? Well, I first went there when we were working on a Freddie versus Jason um, project, and I was just like, well, Kiss is taking this little Jason <laughs> uh, grunge. <laughs> grunge setting is a little too far like I felt like it was really like it was really but it was real like it was Haunted. nostalgic and, and hip hop at the same time oh, yeah. like, it wasn't like you know you going into one of those plush studios and it, it was something that you felt like you came in and you you came here to get your true feelings and emotions across rather than being like swayed into what you're doing you know what I mean everybody loves you know uh nice establishments, nice hotels, nice studios, whatever. But, you know, sometimes you, you also got to tap back into where it started and what uh, get that organic, genuine energy. And I think that's what um, D-Block Studio always provided for me, too. Like, you know what I mean? I went up there. I, I 
I had no problem. Like he said, I, I went in there, I sat in. I, I, you know, this is this is. It also reminded me of times when I first started the kind of studios that I would go into, or like you know that 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 feeling that of you know they're giving me that energy. So I I, I even appreciated that. I, I, I appreciated it, like it making me feel, um, you know, like I'm not I'm not fabulous. The, the you know superstar rapper for the moment I like just yeah, taking me sport. back to yeah. like, being a writer yeah. and, and organically you know what I mean yeah and that actually like reminds me of um, when you were really young and and you got called up to Hot 97 to spit for Clue and you told mm-hmm. this story I think it was either with Knuckleheads or with Nori I don't remember um, but you were talking about when you went to school the next day and some girl came up to you and was like yo I heard this verse on Hot 97 yesterday and you're like that was me <laughs> Yeah, that's so wild. Yeah, I, I, that that was like my first. I always say that was like my first fan because like they kind of knew the rap and knew, um, you know, knew the show, knew everything, but just didn't know who, didn't just didn't know it was me. You know what I'm saying? So it was crazy to me that it showed me the, it showed me the dynamic of how you know you could spread as well too. You know, this is somebody I saw in school every day, and um, now I came to school the this day and you know what I had did last night has spread it to her and now she's like wait a minute now she's looking at me as a different person than this whole thing that she's been looking at me for the whole school year you know what I'm saying so it, it showed me the dynamic of you know you you doing your thing and people recognizing it and now recognizing who you are for for, for what you did you know what I'm saying so um you know, and it wasn't in like a groupie, like, no, you know what course, I mean? It was yeah. just somebody like, you know, they didn't know who that person was. It was, you know what I mean? So that's the difference in like, you know what I mean? What I'm saying? It's not like a, a groupie thing. It was like, yo, this person, it was like somebody organically, um, like feeling on, or, or, or loving what you do without it, you having, you know what I mean? But yeah. you still have being anonymous to them. Like, you know what I mean? It, Absolutely. Another one of our favorite things that just never gets brought up anymore and it just shocks us because it was such a like a crazy one one of one moment was when and you you first signed to, you know, you were on Electra and then you got upstream to it to Atlantic. Um, but then you got traded to Def Jam for Music Soul Child and no one ever brings that up anymore. How did you find yeah. out about that? And, and what do you think about that looking back? Um. First, first well, to 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 in, include in that story, I was on a Interscope first. Oh, I don't true, even think true. anybody kind of like adds that to the story, but I was on Interscope, and then Clue was working at Interscope at the time, and then Clue uh, want to say he got fired. Want to bad alpha, but I think he got fired, <laughs> and I got put in a position where it was like um, either you stay here at Interscope. Or you can leave with Clue. And I think at that point, even though getting a record deal, like, you know, that was kind of like the goal. You know what I mean? If you're a rapper, especially at that time, um, you know, to get your first record deal. and But I chose to walk away from the deal just because I didn't... One, I felt like I, my loyalty was owed to Clue, who brought me in there. Yeah. And two... I didn't know who I would be left there with and I could stay there and then end up being in a bad position. And, you know what I mean? I, I just, I just thought, you know, maybe going with Clue and continuing what we be do- what we were already doing. And uh, we could find another situation rather than stay there in Interscope with some people that, you know, are not really 
invested that much in me and might even look at me as a liability because yeah. I'm from a, you know somebody else who was there. So I went with Clue, like y'all said. I went to Electra. We ended up getting a new deal on Electra. Then that um, merged into uh, Atlantic and Warner. And then my thing with Atlantic and shout out all the people who were there at the time: Julie Greenwald, Craig Kalman, yep. uh Leo Cohen. You know, all of those guys are you know kind of like record exec legends on, on that on yeah. that note. Uh, Kevin Lyle. Um, but I just felt like my, I felt the same thing I was saying about Interscope where I would have been at some place where I, that wasn't home for me. Like I was, um, I kind of was like merged there. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. they, didn't, they didn't originally sign me. The people who signed me, Sylvia Rowan signed me and she wasn't at Atlantic. She wasn't, you know what I mean? The people who are excited about you and happy to have you as a family, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't. I wasn't walking in chairs and they were screaming Norm over there. It was just like, <laughs> you know, I walk in the building and it was like, oh, he's here. You know what I mean? And it, it just didn't feel, it didn't feel. And I think I put out a project there. I put out, um, I think I put out Real Talk while I was there. Yeah. And that's when we had Breathe. And, yep. um, and Breathe even kind of, the funny story behind Breathe, it was like supposed to be like your street. And that, t- and that time, too, they had, like, this single where it was, like, A-side and B-side. I guess that stems from records. The records, how, yeah. You know, records used to be, yeah, your yeah, A-side is your main single, and then the B-side, it was just something that was... So, Free was supposed to be released as, like, the B-side, kind of, like, street mix show, whatever you, 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 you title that record as, and it just kind of exploded into... Um, they didn't. They didn't really believe in the record because they were also used to me making like "Can't Let You Go," yeah, yeah. go into you, R and B smooth records, you know, yeah. all those, yeah, trade all, all those like hit radio records to them, and and I wanted to kind of go against that for this project because I felt like I was just going so far that way, yeah, that I was getting away from who you really were, of, yeah, yeah, of me as a as a as an MC. And uh, so they, I guess they gave me Breathe, but they gave it to me in a um, in a smaller thing where it's going to be a B-side, we're going to throw it out, it's going to make show love, let you shoot a video for it, a cheap video, and da 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 And um, it actually just turned up, and people liked it, and uh, people liked the video, and, you know, the energy, I think, of, you know, from me having the hit records and going into that, I think that also helped it as well. Um and that's when, you know, that's when I kind of realized that they didn't really see eye to eye to me a, a little bit there. Because even after that hit, they still were like, well, we're going to go back to the radio stuff now. We want to go back to your, you know, girl, because that's your base. And and um, we did that, too. But it just still felt like a little funny over there. And um, I think... I just started feeling the resistance and I, even even now to even say I, I think I said it before I think that's like kind of the era too where um, a lot of the South music started like really 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 becoming mainstream yeah, I remember like, like Lil John, John yep, yeah, P.I. Twins yep. yeah. you know Trick Daddy all of that so I, I felt like their attention was more into that wave because it was new it was it definitely was new to a bunch of New York record execs you know what i'm saying and they I, had I wasn't, they, I didn't they had trick uh over there and also, Trina, yeah yeah they had trick they had ti 
um Trina. You know what I mean? So yeah. they, they they were Trina. They had they had a few acts that they and that sound was just more like booming and new to them and fresh and like, you know, I remember Little John was the first record I might have heard playing in um New York and I'm like, wow I was like, wow, because we just here this region alone in that time was very isolated, you know what I mean? So, um I just think I that's when I started really feeling that too, you know what I'm saying? I think oh five, oh six um, I really started seeing the, the 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 merge of that and and more of like South and trap music becoming more mainstream. And I felt like as a company, they were shifting there too. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it just kind of threw me off a little bit at the company. And then this, I guess people knew, you know, internally, like you know, uh, you know, people that I was working with, my management, my my um, Desert Storm team of Clue and them. And I think. Jay Z ended up being at that jam. Yeah. Okay. They started being at date, and I think that's where the idea uh, came from. And I think music was, um, I think music was uh, was disgruntled about his his being at Def Jam at that time too. And I think somehow they pulled off this, uh, you know, similar to an NBA trade yeah. of some sort. Well, we give you Fab, and I'll take. Music so child. I mean, it wasn't based on our deals or money or anything like that. It was just more kind of like a a swap out of artists who where you know he doesn't he doesn't want to be here and he doesn't want to be here. Yeah, so, you know maybe we could give them new situations and um. I just wish there was like situation a situation was cool for me because of L. A. Reid and Jay Z. Yeah, uh, was people that I went in and sat in and talked to Jay Z. I kind of do from you know uh, uh, outside of that and um. It just it just worked from there. It's, it's not it's, it's it's like you said. It's 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 kind of under the table now. But it was it's, at that time. It definitely was something that I had never heard of, and I still haven't really heard too many like situations like that. Yeah, I just wish there was like an Adrian Wojnarowski there to uh, to sort of like you know drop a bomb and and uh, and announce it, um, or even like a Raymond Felton like game like just like thrown in. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. uh, one last question before we let you go, Fab, which is um, that our our friend Lenny S, uh, for your birthday last two year or ago. two years ago, you guys were, were traveling and... I think you were in Dubai. Yeah, every day mm -hmm. yep. for about like a week or maybe a week and a half. <laughs> Not just no, for your birthday. It, wasn't a week. <laughs> it was like three days. It was like... It was like three days. Like, can you imagine getting like fifteen cakes in three days? Like, it was. She was like, it was. It might have been two days. No, it, it probably was three days. Yo, they kept celebrating your like birthday everywhere I was going. Like, I was walking in like Dolce and Gabbana, and it was like happy birthday. I was like, nah. nah the the you know best I mean? was but it definitely was. It definitely was a fun moment, and that was like a cool. You know what I mean? At the first one or two or three, I was just like, it was cool. <laughs> and then by the time we got to like six, seven, I was like, oh, nah, this is kind of crazy. I'm like, yo, they like, you want a slice? I'm like, no, I don't want a slice. I ate seven slices of cake today. I don't, I don't want a slice. Uh, you know what I mean? I felt bad telling them like, yo, we're not eating that. But you know what I mean? it gets crazy. We were like, it was, it was. By the by, ten, eleven. I'm like, yo, this is nuts now. Like, you know what I mean? And then you go into like different establishments, so they're having like different cakes. You go to the Jamaican spot, they got a rum cake yeah. for you. You go to the Spanish spot, they got like <laughs> tres leche. Like, you know what I mean? It's just was, it was out of control. But 
it was my birthday, man, and it was a lot of love. And, that was great. And, you know, Dubai showed me a lot of love for my birthday. Um, one very last question. A million years ago, you came up to us at a Fool's, Day, Fool's Gold Day Off concert, and you wanted mm-hmm. to talk about um, Narcos. Narcos. Yeah. And, like, by the way, we, we didn't know you. I mean, we knew you, but, like, we didn't know that you knew us. And so all we talked about was Narcos. Mm-hmm. We're under quarantine right now. What are you watching to pass the time? Oh, man, I think I've watched the whole Netflix. Now I'm on Hulu, like, you know what I mean, <laughs> trying to finish Hulu. But um, I've watched so many things. Uh, I watched a lot of Netflix shows from the Madam C.J. Walker mm. to um, the new Narcos. It was a season three Narcos. My favorite that I just finished was Ozark. Yeah, Ozark, yeah. Ozark was not crazy. Was was really good. Um, that show was like anxiety on... Um, steroids and it's just like <laughs> but it's like a it's like a never way out like you know what i'm saying it's like yeah. one of those things you keep rooting for them to get out of it and they keep making the smart moves or the right move and it's like the right move is never the move it's like the it's always another move yeah just going deeper them. and like, deeper like in a, yeah, yeah it's like playing chess with the cartel like you know what <laughs> saying? it's just really crazy but up. um those shows are great i've been watching um Right now, I started watching some show called Little Fires Everywhere. Oh, that's supposed to be Perry good. Washington. Yeah, so, so far it's been cool. Um, I even, I've been watching also, there's a series that I'm watching. I think in quarantine, it makes it a little harder, but I ain't really got nowhere, nowhere to go anyway. <laughs> but um, <laughs> 50 show, the For Life show. I, I like that show a lot, too. It's, a, uh, it's like a sitcom on uh, ABC. Oh, ABC, yeah, yeah. I think 50, yeah, I think 50's behind it. So that's that's been pretty good, too. So, oh, um, right on. Listen, yeah, I've just been catching everything, man, and, you know, taking trying to spread the time out between watching shows, uh, take a book in, play with the kids. It's just a... Just a groundhog day. Of, That's it. But <laughs> that lasting for like two weeks right now. So. Yeah, man. Well, listen, Fab. We love you. Take care of you and yours. Uh, uh, stay safe. Stay inside. Uh, stay creative. And we'll be Thank checking you. in on you. All right. All right, man. Jonah, say bye-bye. bye bye. Bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> Thanks, Fab. All right. All right. Jeff, let's get on the phone with Tanisha Scott. Hello. Hey, Tanisha. Hi. How are you? <laughs> you know what? I'm actually doing really good. Love hearing that. Like, I know, right? Like, ironically, really pretty awesome. Well, this is like, you know, obviously the worst times for everybody. Like, who can imagine this would happen to us? For sure. But in retrospect, for the type of job that I have, I actually don't have to think. And it's been great. That is the best thing so. to hear. I know. Also, like, are you able to just like, you know, you, you are a professional dancer by trade. Are you able to just like dance with nobody watching? Um, totally. And I do that all the time. But this time it's just literally for me. Like I've been cooking more because I have to. Um, and I also loved it. And I play music. Like I go through like, if it's like an IG live from the other day of D night or my friend starting from scratch or I'll just, you know, the verses has been really good. And if I miss it, then I'll listen to it while making like breakfast. And then like a song I'd hear would inspire me. Then I'll go to Spotify and literally go to, this is like last night, yesterday I did, um, 
Wu-Tang and Method Man. Yeah. And I did This Is Method Man. I was just going through all these shots. I was like, oh, shit. I forgot <laughs> about this song. So Yo, can I just say, by the way, amazing. so uh, we've been trying to get Tanisha on our podcast, Waste of Time with It's The Real, for <laughs> the better part of two years, I want to say. And shout out to so our friends, uh, Director X, shout out to Kareem Johnson, shout out to Marsha St. Hubert, shout out to Ashley Kalmanowitz, just a long list of people who have advocated on our behalf. And it only took a pandemic to get Tanisha on the podcast. But I do want to say, uh, having never met you in person, and hopefully we will after this is all over, your energy is just the best. outstanding. Oh, thank you. You are. Thanks. You, you know, these are these are these are heavy times, and to have you know a bright light there is helpful to to all of us and all of our listeners out there. So shout out to you for that. I want to talk oh, about awesome. um, yeah. Toronto. And uh, yes. a lot of people know Toronto now for Drake and The Weeknd and Tory Lanez and the whole thing. But can we talk uh-huh. about when you were grow up in, growing up in Toronto and, and what that energy was like for you? Hell yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> growing up, and it's so cool because right now I'm, I'm in Toronto. I left New York about two weeks ago. Right on. And I'm here. Um, and it's like I'm reconnecting with home in a way. And I... I'm for me when I was growing up Toronto was literally like it's a mecca of just information and knowledge about culture mm. period mm-hmm. my best friend's Italian my other best friend is Greek and my other best friend is um from the Philippines and then of course my family is Jamaican yep. and so, so it's like I my godmother is Italian <laughs> so it's I grew up learning and loving so many things about different cultures just automatically from the day I was pretty much born mm. so when I go out and do different things like I've been to um several bar mitzvahs I've been to like um, sorry, this doesn't even talk about like the club. The going to the club yeah. when you go out at night, you're hearing every single genre of music out. Mm. Like there's, you know, you have the dancehall, of course, then you have the reggae, and then you have the hip hop, and you have the R and B, and then you have the pop, and then you have the rock, and then you have even sometimes like a little bit of country. <laughs> you know, so like. It, growing up in Toronto, I was also an athlete too. So mm. I ran a lot. I ran track in the club. So outside of high school and university, I took it to university. Wow. Um, but yeah, I was an athlete first and it was in university that I found dance. I grew up um, with my dad who was a DJ um, by like, like that was his, his heart, his hobby, his ambition. Super dope. But he's like, okay, I, you know, he's like, but I had to go to work and, you know, pay bills and stuff like that. Like that reality wasn't a real reality leaving Jamaica. But, yeah. um, yeah. So we'll have like parties all the time. My house, like my garage right now is filled with vinyl. Oh. I have a couple DJ friends who like will come to the house and I've gifted some, my dad's gifted them some, I have an A track in my garage at my mom's house. Wait, does it I work? was like, what is this? I have no idea. I haven't <laughs> touched it. I haven't seen it. But I remember growing up, my dad said that he got that from his dad. And he's never, I don't think he's ever used it either, my father. But like music was the essence 
in our household. Was your father anything like the father in the Get Busy video? <laughs> no, he was the complete opposite. <laughs> we had a we had a party house because he'd have like basement parties. Well, we did have those basement parties. Mm. That's another thing about growing up in Toronto too. Everybody, if you were, if you didn't, if you lived in an apartment building, not, but the majority of people had basements. And we had those basement parties. Love it. Um, yeah, so we had them a lot. I remember dancing with my shadow a lot with my sister <laughs> as my dancing partner and stuff. Um, watching like old uh, Soul Train shows and oh getting God. CDs with my dad. Yeah, it was it was fun as hell. But funny enough, it's it was funny in the house where my dad was all about music. You know, of course, education and you know, running was my thing. That was hopefully my ticket. Yeah, what was your what was your, your your race? So oh I was me and my short, thick ass legs. <laughs> uh, I was a, a power runner, so I did all short distances. So um I did the hundred meter, two hundred by the hundred and fifty, of course I hit a wall because I was really fast out of the block. Yeah. Um, relay, obviously I was always a starter because I had an amazing start. I was just going to ask. So you don't have a chance to like drop the baton necessarily. No, never. <laughs> Thank God. But I started the pace with that. I, one thing I do remember, and I always pat myself on the back that I've never lost coming out of the blocks in any race that I ever did. Wow. 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 Yeah. And I think that's, it's so funny when you look back and you become like really introspective and deep and you get old and you're like, hmm, maybe that's why I love music so much because I, I hear, or maybe that came from music. I hear, my dad used to let me hear different sounds and explain to me different instruments in certain songs because like songs back then, and when I say back then, I'm like, my dad used to play, of course, lots of, like you think of like Bob Marley or Prince or Michael Jackson mm -hmm. or... Um, uh, really my dad was a big fan of Quincy Jones wow. and you listen to these old records and it's like, of course you have the music, you know, you have a proper layer of music and you have your artist singing, but then there's always this like extended part where everyone has like a solo within the track, you know? So he'd explain to me different instruments and whatnot. Like, you know, you have intros and outros in the middle section. So it wasn't just like verse, chorus, bridge, chorus. Yeah. Like there's also the same thing for the music too. You know? Yeah. So, so I don't know. When it, I may be losing my mind. Thinking <laughs> like that helped me. We're all hear, losing our like, minds. The gun. This is a very weird time. <laughs> um, Tanisha, yeah. when you and X and Sean Paul got together and you had that just like Hall of Fame run uh, together. Woo! Did you understand, it. even at the earliest videos, did you understand what you were doing for culture and, and for the world? And did you did you have any sense that it would, like, you know, make its way down outside of New York City and, you know, change the idea of, like, what these two Jewish brothers might have, you know, thought a music <laughs> video would be? Yeah, did it feel big to you at the time? Yeah, no, not at all. Because, honestly, I thought I was doing bigger things in the States. So... I, you know, through like X helped me out so much and put me on the map when it came to like doing music videos. So he's like, listen, I'm here in, in New York, you know, and working with Hype Williams. And then when he started doing music videos out there, 
doing um, through Taj. And I was just like, okay, well, Taj is the one who introduced me to X first. Mm-hmm. And then through that connection, I started flying out to the States and I did like, I'll be that for X and just being like a girl in the video. Yeah. So like the video girl, but not the one that everyone is like panting over and whatnot. <laughs> I'm not, I wasn't the girl beside the artist, but right, I was right. always the girl in the shot that needed some energy with dancing. Yep. So I was the dancing girl in that. So I was like, yeah, doing my thing and going back to university, coming back to Windsor and then, you know, working. And then I started my career like just dancing for artists. But I had to come back because when X is like, yo, got the Sean Paul music video, we're doing it, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I'm gonna come down and dance. He's like, yeah, nah, I think I want you to choreograph it. There needs to be choreography in it, not just you dancing. And I was like, but I can't choreograph. He's like, well, you're going to have to, he was like, well, you're going to have to figure it out. I was like, okay. (laughs) So at that point in time, I guess I have to figure it out. Came out here and figured it out. It was a song. And he says this all the time. Like the song had already been out for a long time. So I was familiar with it. And I literally was like, let me just freestyle. And through freestyling, I just was like, okay, this move is cool. That move is cool. Got a couple of my friends together and then a couple of the dance crews. That's what we used because I didn't know dancers. We knew dance crews. I was a part of Do That and he had Dancy Crime and he had other um, crews that were in the music video. Because like, you guys do this and do that and we'll put them in different And we had one rehearsal. And after that, it was literally just a group of friends it felt like on set putting this together x being as brilliant as he is and saying okay we need to make it look like this and keep people here and then get me the dancers over here and Hmm. it was amazing then working meeting sean for the first time and just telling him okay well this is how you're gonna move because you gotta x wants you to look like you're walking through like a dark tunnel you're not sure where you're gonna end up or going so while he was on the fixture, the lighted fixture, yeah. lit fixture, I was in front of him on the ground in the darkness, like walking and mimicking like the moves that he could possibly use and like how he's walking and stuff. So yeah. that and the other thing is at that point I had just gotten a dance agent and my dance agent was like, uh, no, you can't go back and do that music video. You got to stay here because you're possibly may do another job like making real money and blah, blah, blah. And so I left and did not even tell anybody I did that music video until it became so popular. My agent was like, was that you in that video? (laughs) And I told him and he was like, good job. Good job. (laughs) How about taking that chance and like changing the trajectory of your life and like knowing that it would have cost you money and you just felt it in your gut? I know literally like it's, it definitely completely 360'd everything and pioneered to where I am today because I don't even dance that much. Um, but now, you know, doing choreography, I never even thought about choreography. It was no way, nowhere, shape or form in, not even the, my frontal lobe. It was nowhere in my head. All I wanted to do was just dance, 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 dance. Mm. And to trust to, to have X trust in me and to me just just to say okay well, I'm just gonna just figure it out and obviously it's Sean Paul it's dance hall I'm like I know how to do this because this is how I've been moving since I was born like yeah. this won't be hard so I'm like I'm just gonna I, I can't figure this out 
you know, I was scared shitless. But, <laughs> you know, once we got, like, once I was in the rehearsal studio, I'm like, oh, man, y'all, let's just do this, let's just do that, blah, 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 and feel this way. And I just, it just started to come out and it started feeling familiar. Mm. And again, I don't think, and I don't know if X knew, but I don't think anyone thought that this was going to go anywhere because at that time, you know, reggae music and dancehall music, sorry, was starting to come out, but not even. So yeah. it was like, oh, we're never going to see this on like MTV or anything in the state. So this literally was just a passionate project that I was like, let me try this new thing. But it was just straight out of passion. There was nothing about it that gave me the stress of, oh, well, the moves aren't right. That's awesome. Well, but but moving forward, though, so, you know, you're talking mm-hmm. about how your business has been great. Are, are artists still um, shooting videos right now? Like, what is what is going on in the music production world, music video production world right now for you? I've, I've gotten, it's definitely shut down. Like, I can tell you um, my next job <laughs> literally is in October, and that is Coachella. Wow. That if if it happens. Yeah. Yeah. But um, what I've been getting a lot is I've been talking to some of my artists just about we're brainstorming down with what can we do when we come back. Now I'm having my one-on-one conversations with them about like, okay, well, this could be cool and that could be cool. And it's really just sitting down and having a time to breathe and map things out. But then there's also um, the aspect of, okay, how do we make a music video? We want to promote this song. How do we promote it? But then at the same time, not seem like we're not sensitive to what's happening right now, you know, because they still want to keep things going. Um, so it's, it's, it's interesting. Everyone is, I won't say there's a complete halt, but there is like an 80% like our arms and our legs are tied behind our back. How do we physically make these things happen? We're not sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can do the worm. everyone's brain is going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. If your arms yes. and legs are tied behind your back, you can do the worm. I, right. My feeling is, I mean, so um, we just watched SNL um, do a, a Zoom, basically, version, an SNL at home um, for this weekend. And I think that the industry... TV and music videos will adapt, but it's going to take some very weird forms to get there. Um, yes. You know, whether, yeah. you know, have you, have you been using zoom to, to keep in touch with people? And like, is that a, a source of inspiration for, for things moving forward? Absolutely. It has been. And yes, I have been using zoom. I've been using um, this thing called house party. Mm-hmm. Um, WhatsApp. Yep. Um, quite a few things, but interestingly enough, you know, when I said that, I feel like our legs and our arms are tied behind our back in terms of the traditional way of say shooting a music video or doing a live concert. You know, the physical way of doing it is not the same where yeah. you have a DP, where you have a studio and whatnot. So it's just rethinking these things. Yeah. Now I'm actually working, um, just as a passion project it's myself, um, Karina Evans, and my creative producer partner, um, Natalie. We're, I want to do something with the dance. I want to do something with dance and utilizing 
not just Zoom, but either people, and we're still figuring this out, people recording themselves. I teach everyone a routine, but I want to do it based off of formations. Mm. And formations and using graphics, like some of my graphic designers in China figure out. So I'm, we're like brainstorming and workshop. I'm talking to um, a group of people that I work with, with animation and stuff. So I'm, That's yeah, I'm, I'm trying to, yeah, it's, I don't know how this is going to work out, but um, I'm working on that currently, <laughs> trying to just, uh, well, yeah, I just so- want to, you know, do something for, for, us, all of us, all yeah. of us, just creatives, you know. Well, I think that there's a couple of things. I mean, like you were just talking about how um, the versus battles, you know, have been such a cultural moment, and if there's some way to capture that sort of energy, maybe not in the same sort of medium, but like to put it elsewhere yeah. and to make it this this collective good, I think that's amazing. Yeah, because you know we we talk about this a lot of you know, we've spoken about it a lot recently and especially a lot with creatives, both on the podcast and off, because um, it's it's a huge concern to keep not only culture alive, but also community alive because you're taking away yeah. venues and you're taking away like interconnectivity. Yeah, and, experiences and yeah, everything. And yeah, and how do you grow culture from that? And I think that it's it's been interesting to see what TikTok has done because that does allow people to still like take something, make it their own and keep it going. But um, but what you're describing through animation and through, you know, uh, tapping other people, e- th- even through a screen is pretty dynamic. Yeah, I hope it turns out that way, guys. I'm <laughs> just joking. But I yeah, there's definitely things are moving towards more technology, you know, even in these stage shows when I'm looking at um, just people's uh, concerts. You know, there's a lot of technology being used um, to to make things look cool. And it, it's kind of like, I, I love Vegas, right? And Vegas has, I think, a strong um, hold on uh, a live, beautiful, polished, play where yep. it's not too much of one thing when you go to like Cirque du Soleil or if you go see J-Lo or whatnot. But um, I see these tours are, you know, from it, be it lasers to video content and then how people interact with them. Like I see a lot of that happening with less dancing. Yeah. And I want to keep, I want to be innovative innovative and and keep with what's happening but i also don't want to lose the essence of the human part of it the like i don't care how many zip lines and animation can look like it's jumping from one place to the next and look like you're in the midst of it there's nothing that beats when you have an army of dancers up there with an artist or group and when they get down and then they do a stop and now everyone just feels that, that's amazing. I don't want to lose that. So I'm trying to find a way to visually mash the both of them. Yeah. So, Um, yeah. I have one idea. Mm -hmm. What's that? Okay. Yes. 
could you battle DJ Premier in dance? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I thought about that too. I was like, how do choreographers and dancers, of course they battle all the time, but I'm like, what's a cool way for that to happen? And then I thought about, okay, even like music video directors, like do we do Benny Bloom versus Lil X and they just show like their top music videos or you know, I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I'm uh, listen, happen, but we vote yes. I don't know if that you know, matters, but we vote yes. Um, Tanisha, when you're talking about uh, New Toronto, when you're talking about yes. um, Drake and you talk about like something like Hotline Bling, which, you know, again, brings you and X together and creates yeah. a moment that changes music videos and it changes culture and it changes the world. Um, yeah. That was done with um, such a different technique and, and it's done at a different time. What what was your response when the video was filmed? And then what was your response when it went out to the world and became these smaller moments and memes that took on a whole new meaning? Well, shooting the video is just being on set and seeing the set in itself was like larger than life seeing the motion of the colors blending and bleeding through each other was so beautiful so it was just like walking into an art exhibit and you know when drake when x would just have drake just sitting on the steps or just in the box like uh this is so beautiful now we had to dance to it and of course he himself just he himself being just Drake is just <laughs> always 10 steps ahead. Like he, he knew this was going to happen. He was like, Oh yeah, people are going <laughs> to try to get me for that. Oh yeah. I already know. But it, it, we thought it was, I, let me just speak for myself. Sorry. I, I thought that, okay, this is just going to be a really, really cool video. Mm. But what happened? I was like, what the fuck? I had <laughs> no idea that was going to happen. None. And I'm always shocked. And I think, I think it's a good thing for me to stay that way (laughs) because anytime, um, I don't mean to put too much pressure and too much, uh, overthinking. We start to overthink things and like, we got to make a hot track or sorry, I'm not speaking my world. Yeah. I have to make the hottest dance. I have to make, it has to be the best routine. I got to make a dance to make sure that this song goes viral. That shit never fucking works. Oh, Mm. sorry. Can I swear? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, Tanisha, this is a Christian podcast. (laughs) 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 Yesterday was Easter Sunday. Oh, Lord, bless me. Um, Yeah, to me, that shit never works. Like, art is art. And when you, you can't put, like, you can't overthink things that come from within you. You know, it's it's a, a, a way to just express yourself. So you got to tap in to like emotion and experience and your knowledge. Mm. So uh, we weren't trying to, well, I wasn't trying to make like a masterful of this is the new, um, I don't know, uh, Michael Jackson thriller. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, no, this is just, fun it felt good everything was right these are the dances that he wants to do this is what the choreography is going to look like this is the moment so then we were completely authentically ourselves at that shoot Mm. and not thinking about what's going to work 
for the outside because it was nothing like what has already been done. So there was no, right. There was no template to like, okay, make sure we check off these boxes. We got to have five girls, not six, but five. And then Drake, (laughs) you got to wear this. And then Drake got to move like that. And then we need to have this. Nah, it was like, let's go. Let's just feel go and do what makes sense. So it's like, it's like improv in a sense. Yes. Yes. That's Absolutely. Dope. On on my end, absolutely. <laughs> but then there's also a magic that just happens with X and Drake, just, you know, from the trust that they have and, you know, how long they've known each other. Um, it, 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 that's magical. It's just one person says one thing and they get I'm like, okay, cool. And that was actually, it's not my first time meeting Drake, but my first time working with him. And he was like, yo, Straight up, I just wanted my Sean Paul give me the light moment. Man. I just wanted that. Like, I've always like, loved that, that video. Loved that. I was like, damn, dude. He's like, hell yeah. <laughs> so I need to bubble you better than X did. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So it was, it was a lot of fun. It was dope. And then through that music video, I've been able to work with him on several videos for him. And then help put his tour together when it comes to like the dance aspect. Yeah. So I've done the last three tours with him, which is cool. You know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, yeah. You, you, we started off the, this conversation talking about how you have so much music in your, in your basement and, and um, you know, from, from your father's collection and everything. I was wondering what around your house gives you inspiration in terms of dance, like while you're stuck inside. Oh, you know what? It's my basement, babe. Like, going in, the, our basement is not finished. Like, there's, like, a dance room that, you know, my mom purposely keeps that way. And it's just the four walls, the couch. I just go there and I just start to think. Like, it's, I, I'm a dancing baby. Hmm. So, it's it's not hard for me to like get up and start to move. But what gives me or has been giving me inspiration is being away from it. You know, like, you know what they say about um, being far away from somebody and not seeing that makes you love them even more when yep. you see them. Yep. Yeah. It's rejuvenated my love for what I do where, you know, it's been a quite a few times. It's, it's turned into a job guys because it's you know i've been blessed to like constantly be working but it's constantly working and i have to like fight to like baby girl you still love this and like stop thinking so hard and stop like have a moment and i'm falling in love with just dancing and, and moving and and music again i've been listening to a lot of old stuff that i'm like whoa and finding different songs now going back to verses again like i'm like looking at songwriters and i'm like whoa this person is dope and Hmm. you know listening to lyrics more and and stuff so that's it i'm falling back in love (laughs) with my first love (laughs) um i know that so you know uh it was not easy for our parents when we were like we're gonna you know do what we do they're like what are hip-hop sketch comedians and then you know a decade later, you know, it's understood, right? How was it when you went into uh, the arts and what did your uh, parents want you to do or hope that you would do as a career? 
Well, my dad was supportive with um, a contingency plan. Well, just as long as you still run track and get that scholarship and you still do school, you know, you can hang out with me in the basement and dance and you can, you know, go to government and go to these clubs. Like he used to drive my sister and I to like clubs at night and stuff with their friends. Yeah. 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 But then there's mama. She was like, (laughs) are you kidding me? When I was go-go dancing at this club called um, Spectrum, (laughs) she was like, I can't believe my child is a stripper. I said, mommy, I'm not. She was like, how is this going to make you money? And blah, blah, blah. And how can you fit? I was like, oh boy. She had no idea. By the way, strippers make a lot of money. (laughs) Exactly. 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 I'm like, mom, I don't know. I think I should have been. And now she's like, yeah, you're right. (laughs) But because she comes straight to the strip club with me. But, um, but no, back then she had no clue. And she just thought that, okay, you need a proper nine to five. You see either a doctor Mm. or a lawyer Mm. or a teacher or something or have a trade. You know, so I actually went to school for physical therapy. That's what I went to University of Windsor for. Really? Um, so yeah. Still movement. Just in athletics. Yes. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was. And that's what we thought we I was going to do. But I ended up leaving school. Um, I didn't drop out, but I ended up dropping out <laughs> because I got a tour. And I was like, okay, I'll just start my semester, you know, in the fall. And the tour lasted longer. I was like, okay, I'll do in January. January came and I was still on tour and I said, okay, I'll just do online. And then online went to the shit. So, <laughs> so what was the moment where your, where your parents were like, oh, we get it. Like, was it a VMA? Was it like, you know, some type of uh, performance that they could see or, or was it just a feeling or was it time? <laughs> my dad loved it, but my mom turned when she met Maya. So I had to bribe. So she met a superstar. So she was like, oh, you know, I've always wanted Tanisha to dance. And she's, I'm like, really? <laughs> Is that so? <laughs> That's when it changed. But um, yeah. And then once she knew that I can actually take care of myself and I moved to New York and she knew that I was financially okay. That's when her, her head started to turn a little bit. I just had to educate her more and she got to see me perform and stuff and, of course, meeting Maya was icing on the cake. She's like, okay, no problem. Yeah. So who are you going to work with next? Can you work with this person? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, here we go. Um, um, that was it. Was there any, you're, you're living at home right now. Was there any second thought about moving home? Like, did you think, okay, I'll stay in LA, I'll stay in New York, I'll stay somewhere else? Or, or was it always just like, okay, the quarantine's coming in, I, I should go home? Um, I was in New York for about two weeks. So New York is pretty much is my base. That's I would call New York my home away from home. And then, of course, really from Toronto, I stay here with my mom. But um, after the two weeks, I realized when it started getting really bad in New York, um, I said, okay, let me come home. And not just because I felt a little safer, because I was going to be indoors anyhow. But I just wanted to be closer to my mom and my dad and my, you know, my immediate family since I never get to come home because I'm always in New York or always in L.A. I was like, this is my time to actually pseudo spend time with my family. So that's that's the main reason why, because I never come. I hardly ever come back home unless it's for work 
or it's Christmas time. Yeah. Well, Tanisha, um, we love you. Take care of yourself. Take care of everyone in your circle. Uh, thank you. And uh, listen, uh, take care of yourself up in up in Toronto. Um, the next time you're in New York, I hope that we're all able to uh, see each other in real life. And I hope that we're not in Los Angeles or I hope that we're, when, we're not in, when we're in Los Angeles, you're not you know, in New York. And yeah. we can be in the same city at the same time. We look forward to sitting down with you and really chopping it up. This was great. Uh, stay creative. I and we're looking forward it. to everything you come up with while you're in those four walls. Um, take care of yourself and we'll check in soon. All right. Oh, I adore you guys. Thank you so much. And the same to you. Thanks so much. Talk soon. Okay. You got it. Bye. Bye. All right, Jeff, let's go out to Los Angeles, California and connect with the one and only Jerry Lorenzo. Yo, yo. Jerry, what's happening? Man, y'all, y'all sound excited. Yeah, we've been doing rails of cocaine for the past three hours. Listen, uh, Jerry, how have you been getting through these crazy day of days? Oh, man, it's just spending a lot of time with my kids. Uh, I feel like we've spent a little too much time on the couch between uh, watching Trolls back-to-back and <laughs> NBA, NBA 2K. But um, um, honestly, man, like, you know, really blessed to be able to, to, to do nothing with them is, like, it has been really uh, – been really amazing if i look back this past month and you know this is time i never would have had you know and so selfishly i just look at you know i know the world is going through a lot of pain but um just being able to be here and be locked in the house with the people that you love is um is pretty priceless yeah yeah i mean i can imagine i i just saw that you were able to use your son um jerry the third in a in a yeah. Zoom like campaign or like in a campaign yeah. using Zoom, yeah, yeah, we did that with uh, Pierre Toussaint out of uh, Australia, a good friend of mine who uh, has shot um, the last two or three of our like Fear of God campaigns, um, um, and he had this idea. This was all him um, of, of of doing something and kind of like uh, directing it through Zoom, um, and, I, and I love the idea. I mean we're just consuming so much information like through this like um you know non-hd lens right now yeah and so uh i thought it, i thought it would be dope to kind of like do this like grainy shoot uh through the uh, lens of kind of how we've been receiving information on the day-to-day lately so came out pretty cool yeah um, okay, so we've talked about Jerry the Third. I want to talk about Jerry the First, your father, because we grew up in a we grew up in a, a Mets household, and um, ah, and love it. Life, lifelong Mets fans. Um, you didn't grow up a Mets fan because your father wasn't with the franchise uh, until he managed, or or was a coach yeah. a coach in the managed. Uh, but when he became the manager of the Mets, does that mean that you then became a Mets fan as well? Uh, it's you know. With with my dad being in baseball, I mean it's what whatever team he's with immediately is like my favorite team of all time. <laughs> However, uh, the '86 Mets are like my favorite baseball yeah. team of all time. Yeah, and, and and he was even with the Expos back then. But I just I just remember like I mean the rock stars, man. Baseball just hasn't seen anything like that, no. you know, since then. But um, 
No, it was it was great when he got the chance to go to New York and 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 coach and manage with the Mets because that's just as a, as a kid, I've just always had a special place in my heart for the Mets, and so um, I still love the Mets to this day. Um, so that's dope. Um, yeah. So so when we talk about Chicago, when we talk about New York, when we talk about L.A., where is your heart really? Uh, my heart now is in Los Angeles. I've been here since like 2003. I came here to finish grad school um, and just ended up staying, uh, working retail and hustling. And um, uh, But I've been here, you know, uh, for for the past like 17 years or so, 17, 18 years. So. Yeah. And, and given that, given that and given these like unprecedented times, uh, how do you find your city of Los Angeles to be right now if you get in a car and you drive like what's it like out there oh uh, it's scary uh i don't want to use the word scary man i hate all this fear that's happening but it's just so strange man it's strange i mean it's like not like new york um where you're so used to seeing um this pedestrian like lifestyle you know in, in la we all live in our cars but even like the roads and like you never see a la freeway empty yeah. You know, it's just, it's just very, very strange times, man. Very, very strange is like the only word. And I apologize for my lack of vocabulary, but that's like the only word that comes to mind right for now. For sure. For yeah. sure. I think that like what I've been finding is just like there's a sadness in like in walking around and in like the situation that we've gotten to this point. You know, it's just like I can't believe that I have such a fear of being close to people in the grocery store. I can't believe that you need to have a mask on when you go to the grocery store. Like it, it's a very like apocalyptic sort of um, time that we're living in. Yeah. Yeah. Super man. And I just feel like, you know, and I kind of talked about this on, um, and I'm probably talking too much. And I was like, do I want to do this right now? Cause I still feel like I'm trying to um, get what it is that God is like trying to give me through this like tough time to like, what, what am I supposed to learn that I can give back to the world? Mm -hmm. and I'm in this weird, uh, state where we're all trying to figure that out, but yeah. we're also trying to encourage one another. But I just feel like we got to like feed ourselves, you know, as much faith as we're feeding ourselves fear. I think you know, that, however, yeah, no, I, I, I think that just like even connecting with people over the phone, over FaceTime has been um, a very human thing, you know, because we're all sort of separated. We've, we live in these four walls. We don't see people on a regular basis, but just to connect to even like speak out loud to other people has been very um, rewarding for us, you know, to sort of like reach outside these windows. And, uh, and hopefully you found that as well. Yeah, and hopefully, like we, you know, we text less going in the in, in the future, and we pick up the phone and we hear voices, or we Facetime and see faces, and like, you know, we we, we had moved to this this place of like um, texting and like you know this human interaction had like um, not been what it should have been in living in the year like twenty twenty. You know, human interaction was going down. Yeah. If you think about it, the way that we talk and the way that we interact with one another, and I and hopefully it it comes back. You know, just you know, I think the appreciation of being able to see faces and to communicate and hear voices um, that we're all like um, thirsting for in this moment. Yeah. You know, and I feel like we had moved to this like tech technical or digital space where everything was kind of cold and flat and 
without context. And now I just feel like now we're all like really thirsting for this like human interaction that um, that we've really been missing for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, are you somebody who can work right now or are you just like taking a complete step back and just like concentrating on family and, and Zoom calls with your kids, um, you know, and their schooling and stuff like what? Where's your headspace right now? Uh, I think the first week was like um, was tough. And then the second week was like, all right, I'm finding a rhythm with work. And then the third week hit and I was like, oh, man, I this is. I have to get used to this because this might be the new reality. Mm. And so I, I wish I could give you an answer, but it's like evolving every day. Yeah. You know? And so, uh, I'm, I'm trying to get as much work as I can do, you know, at home. Um, you know, I've got all my samples and I've got all my mood boards and, um, the, you know, my, my collection in front of me, you know, on printouts, but you know, our factories are stopped right now yeah. across the world and, um, it's, it's not like I can get a sample done or anything like that. So, or, or we can't produce anything and, and sell it. So, um, a lot of it's at a standstill, but you know, you know, crisis is, uh, you know, the birthplace of, uh, creativity, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's just this, this, this paradox of innovation <laughs> that we're in right now that, um, that I, I'm, I'm hoping catapults us uh, selfishly as a brand to like another level. Well, then that that begs the question. I mean, seemingly uh, you take months and months and months to plan things so that like if you have a release that's coming out now, it's been done way, way long ago. Mm-hmm. Where, where is your head now in terms of creativity and does your mood board reflect where you're at now or is that also from six months ago? Uh, great, great question. I, I think whatever we had in, in the books or whatever we had that was done, if it hasn't hit the world, um, um, it, it, it has to be reconsidered. You know, I, I think yeah. it's, uh, I think it's selfish to, uh, present ideas based on a world that we were living in a month ago. And I think we have to consider the atmosphere and consider the environment, um, and consider um, people, and now what you what you present to them at, at such a higher level. And not to say that we weren't um, considering our, our our demographic before, but we were considering them based on different times. For sure. And I think, uh, uh, as a creative, you, you know, your your responsibility as a creative is to speak to the times, and um, we've got to do that through the way we communicate with the collection, through the amount of pieces that we put out and what those pieces look like and what those pieces say. Are they, are those pieces, uh, in, in, impressing or inspiring, make sure they're doing the latter, make sure we're in, in, inspiring. This isn't an atmosphere to, to be boastful or impressive. Yeah. Um, so really just like, you know, taking a step back, man. And, you know, there's obviously some things that we've had that like you mentioned the, you know, the uh, triple black sneaker that's been in the works and that obviously is going through a, a much larger machine through sure. Nike and has, has a release date and has to hit. Um, but there's other things that we're doing internally that we have the ability to press pause on and like reconsider them and like and, and make some hard decisions and whether or not they see the light of day. Um, you know, you mentioned that you're watching Trolls with your kids, which is not an aesthetic that I would normally associate with you. But <laughs> what, um, what, uh, what, what else are you watching? Like, what else is getting you through? You know, the, these uh, sort of, you know, monotonous sort of times. Like, you know, there's a lot of time left to fill. What are you filling it with? 
Um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not the, the coolest guy to be speaking about to this kind of like, um, pop culture stuff. But like, I mean, I'm, I'm feeding myself with like as much like spiritual messages as I can from like, you know, uh, pastors and preachers that I look up to in the mornings. And, and then, you know, I'm, I'm here with my family. And so selfishly, I can't really go in my room and, and watch that vintage, like late eighties or early nineties movie that I want to, cause I've got my kids in the other room and it's like, I need to be spending time with them. And so I am like, you know, not, not that trolls is not tasteful, but yeah, I'm, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, you know, we're, we're, we're spending a lot of time on Disney plus and like, yeah. you know, and I'm trying to like, you know, squeeze in some, you know, three men and a baby and some old school movies <laughs> that, that we can both get a little bit out of. Cause you know, I'm, I'm looking at the movie and checking out like, you know, Tom Selleck in his new balance in his short shorts yeah. and taking notes. And, you know, they're, they're just watching the movie for what it is. But I usually watch a lot of like old movies and just really look at like the styling and not really pay attention to the, the plot lines, line yeah. Is. Listen, I, I would suggest you watch uh, the 1986 A Year to Remember uh, VHS. That's what I would uh, pick up, you know? Yeah, get some, like, hot foot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, if you're, if you're uh, you know, inside for, uh, you know, the next couple of months, what's the one thing you miss from your, like, life pre-COVID-19? Like, is it, like, going to the Rose Bowl and, like, like on, a, on a Sunday morning and, like, going through? Of course. Yeah. I mean, it's all that, man. I miss seeing like the people that I work with on a day to day, and um, um, I think I think we miss what 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 we work so hard to to make our normal. You know, we 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 work so hard to get to a place to get get the brand where it is, and you know, my home life where it is. To we you know create what we feel is is normal in the life that we want to live, and so now that that all that is shaken. Um, you you don't want to go back to that and you want to get the lessons from this and then apply it to this new world that we're all like you know about to face you know i hate to go, kind of go back to doing everything that i used to love doing and not learn the lesson of this time and made whatever changes that i need to make and so for sure and um, how does how does how do your kids then uh take lessons from this and grow in a time that's uh really brand new to them as well man that's a great question and you know what i don't know that i think you know i think they're just enjoying this long um summer vacation that the spring break that went from one week to a month and so um I'm, I'm hoping we're kind of growing closer as a family. Um, they definitely miss their friends. They, they definitely, um, miss going to school. Um, I'm, I'm hoping they just have a, a greater appreciation all around, uh, uh, for life and humanity. Um, and that's all I can really hope for as a, as a dad. Yeah. You know, um, we, we've had, uh, a lot of people, uh, in our pre-COVID-19 world, too, you know, we, we, our podcast was based around like a guest sitting down with us in our apartment and having these like 
hour and a half conversations. I know we were talking to you about doing one when we went to Los Angeles, um, but we've had so many people come over here, Jada Kiss and, and Jim Jones in particular, who when they heard that you were potentially going to be on the podcast, were so excited about that. What do you get from uh, musicians, especially now, and their music uh, when you when you think of your creativity? Uh, my daughter just came in here like that one uh, meme at the <laughs> in the back. Yeah, <laughs> can you can you run that back? Absolutely. Sorry, uh, we've had we've had a lot of a lot of uh, musicians come over here. Uh, Jim Jones and Jadakiss in particular, who are humongous fans of yours, and we're like, yo, whenever Jerry comes down to sit down with you guys for the podcast, I want to be there. What do artists like Jimmy and Jadakiss and others like bring to your life? Just like you bring something to theirs. Oh, man, it's just like that hustle spirit. You know, I think, you know, when I was listening to them, you know, I was just a college kid or, you know what I mean? I was trying to, you know, work in retail or trying to uh, figure out what my hustle was going to be. And, you know, those guys really um, just inspired me from from afar, you know. And so now that now that, you know, Jim Jim came by the, the studio last year and picked up some sneakers and me and my brother were just like, you know, kids again. Like Jim, Jim, Jim Jones is yeah, here. Oh my yeah. God. You know what I mean? we're, we're trying to talk about old stuff. He's trying to talk about stuff that's happening right now. Um, but, um, you know, I think w- once you start getting to a place where you're creating and putting, putting things out in the world, you know, it's like that Jewel's bar. Like, you know, I, I bring it all in the booth, you mm. know, my, my, my life experience is all in the booth. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, once you connect with somebody like that, that, you know, is putting everything they have into whatever gifts and talents that God has given them. It's just a different level of like connection and, and appreciation and a lot can go unsaid and you just kind of appreciate the the presence of that other creative or that other person. But, um, uh, yeah, man, I was so happy when, when Jim Jones put out that album last year, I just felt like he, he, it's, it's so hard to, um, it's so hard to modernize what you've made popular like years ago. And I thought he, he, I thought he did a, I thought he did a tremendous job with that last album and like, Oh, for sure. You know, staying honest to who he was and still modernizing his sound and like, and being better than he's ever been before. So that, that also makes me think like, you know, when, when Jim gets asked about like the past, he may be like, Oh yeah, like I did go through that, but I have this new project now too. Do you also go through that where people are like, yo, your collection from like three years ago was it. And you're like, yeah, but I got this thing that's coming out now that I'd love to talk about. Where do you fall with that? When people sort of ask that of you? Um, it's always that same exact kind of thing that you just kind of mentioned. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm continuing, you know, uh, what you loved about me three years ago. And this is just the new lens of how I'm telling that story. You know what I mean? And it's like, uh, I think, I think, um, you always want to keep in mind what you promised people when you first came out and, and that promise that they're holding on to and how are you evolving that promise? Um, and, 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 and changing in an honest way that, um, recognizes um uh what's given you the platform that you have you know you 
um, if if a departure is if a far departure is honestly where you are creativity uh, creatively like I don't want to like say that's the wrong thing to do but I think it's just important to like always acknowledge that you know in, in a way that um, also pays respect to the people that do follow you mm. and so it, it is this kind of like thin line of like uh, maturation and maturing and like um, holding on to the past too much mm. you know and I think I think like you know uh, like Jay-Z has done like a phenomenal job and like um, kind of like showing hip-hop how to like mature yeah you know i think i think as a creative and uh anyone that can influence um pop culture there's a danger in this like peter pan mentality of like trying to stay young and 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 stay in this space and i think the real challenge is can you grow and mature and also still like influence at the same time time at Absolutely. the same level and that's that's why i've gotten such uh a nice feeling by seeing you know like puff is like letting his beard grow out and you can yeah. see the gray hairs or like Khaled is out there you know and you see yeah. the, the gray like above his ears and that's like yo they are really that age they're human they're fathers they're still enjoying themselves and still pulling putting out dope content but like the reality is like we're not all getting haircuts right now. We're not all you yeah. know coloring our, our gray hairs and all that that's just who they are yeah, actually jerry are you getting a haircut uh, I'm I'm I'm, ta- I'm 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 doing it myself. It's, wow. it's not the best. I'm I'm glad that we're not on Zoom. <laughs> you see how I mess my beard up right now, and so. <laughs> so, so now I'm like, man, this thing may, might need to go on for another month because I can't let, I can't be seen right now. I'm just to mess myself up. Are you going to um, adjust your memoji as you evolve inside? Mm. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good point i, I always kind of i always kind of had that kind of like grizzly beard so i don't know that i can adjust it much more but i, I might have to kind of make it not as sexy as, a, as he once was yeah mine is uh my emoji is takashi 69 <laughs> which which is an interesting thing to send to like bun b or something but um when when you're um, like, you know, we're, we're all inside. There's nobody really to impress. Are, but are you still putting effort into the way that you dress? Are you just like Not wandering out in like sweats, like, you know, just, just keeping it super no, cozy? I look, no, I look, I look horrible. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I mean my, my, my clothes are kind of, they are what they are. I mean, I just wear sure. the same like essential sweats and hoodie, but as far as like my hair and like, you know, uh, my facial hair, I, I look, I look pretty crazy. Um, Jerry, you're a storyteller. We're storytellers. Storytelling is just extremely important right now. Um, what is what is this story moving forward for you? I'm trying to I'm trying to get it, man. I, I don't. I, I wish I had the answer for you. You know, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to find it. I'm trying to find it in this moment of crisis. You know, in this in this moment of crisis where where creativity is supposed to be at its highest. Sometimes I'm feeling at my lowest, and I'm like. Isn't that you know, crazy, by the way? Yeah, but I feel like that's like the honest answer. It's like, you know, everybody's sort of cycling between this thing of I feel like I have a handle on what's happening and then two minutes later being like, oh, no, everything's falling apart. Or or like there's some expectation like, OK, now I'm at home. I'm I'm only focused on what I have to do. And people are like, but I don't have that feeling in me right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough, man. And I think the reality is kind of like circling back to what we talked about before is like just the importance of like human connection and like interacting with other people and um, 
uh, you know, social distancing, but just social con- connection where so much of what we say back to the world is informed by how we're um, uh, interacting with one another. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, like, how would you put out like a hip hop song right now with no one to go to the club and dance to it? Yeah. You know, yeah. like, like if, if I don't have the context to create the memory to what's being created, it's, you know what I mean? Like, how is it? how is it being lived in and, 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 uh, consumed is like, you know, so yeah, man, it's just, it's, it's tough, man. It's, it's tough. Cause it's like, you know, you're supposed to be in this time, um, coming out of here with answers and finding the answers. And sometimes, man, it's just like the heaviness of our times. is just blinds the, um, the creativity, man. So, yeah. Um, well, a couple of things. One, I do love that about 10 minutes ago, Jerry was like, oh, my vocabulary is so trash. And then, you know, now you're talking about like Peter Pan theory and, and everything <laughs> else that you've said and you've sounded so smart. Yeah. And the other thing is, I was wondering since we're at the end of the interview and since I'm not going to watch the movie, if you could just spoil the Trolls movie for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what though like trolls it was pretty dope dude they had this character that is like so like my spirit animal this dude Chaz and he's like he's like this like yacht rock like smooth jazz dude and like I was like if that's not my troll and so anyhow yeah so that's like you gotta watch it just to see that dude and like listen to him play he's amazing um but yeah, I mean, I I thought Trolls was kind of like it's kind of like they took, um, dang, I can't think of the name of that movie where they like had all those feelings and memories. Three Men uh, and a Baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, you're, th- you're thinking of Inside Out. Yeah, Inside Out. It's like they took Inside Out and like a couple other themes and like made it about music and it's Trolls. But the music is is great. So well, that's kind of like the spoiler is that like. In the end, all music is necessary, and we all celebrate our differences. Blah blah blah. Yo, I but, I really I'm glad that you love that movie because I'm sure your kids are gonna have that on repeat for the for the next four weeks, and um, you're gonna be hearing well, those songs all to, the time. <laughs> we gotta we gotta rent it. Like I've I've had to rent it twice because oh. it's not for sale yet on Apple. Like you gotta only rent it for like 48 hours. Oh so. my Yo, god! Imagine going broke by watching Trolls every over two and days. Yo, well, listen, uh, Jerry, stay safe out there. Take care of you and yours, um, and and be creative when it when it strikes you. You know, I think that it, your voice is super important right now. I think that whatever you know comes out of this is going to be strong and smart and uh, and and truly necessary. Whether that is like uh, you know. Um, inspired by trolls if it's inspired by the 1986 <laughs> Mets or if it's just essential yeah that's exactly right well shout out to uh, to that. you Jerry hopefully when this is all said and done we'll make it out to LA and sit down for that for that long-awaited interview and uh, until then just be well all right no doubt appreciate your time guys thank you so much all right take be care blessed. Peace. Shout out to Jerry Lorenzo. Shout out to Tanisha Scott. And shout out to Fabulous. Jeff, are we back tomorrow? We are back every day forever. As always, guys, not for real, for real. Sure, sure. We'll see you guys tomorrow. <laughs>